to Scarif Bay Community Radio and this is Soundtrack to Your Life and this is your host Carol McNamara and I am thrilled this week to be joined by my guest Mary Noonan. How are you Mary? I'm great Carol. Thank you very much for having me here. Oh it's it's, I know it's going to be a pleasure. I've seen the playlist and I'm all excited about the playlist. (laughs) So as well as that well, I suppose what the show is about is, is about sharing some memories of musical influences and, and music that, you know, meant something to you at various stages of your life. So let's kick off with the seed breeding generation, the beginning, <laughs> your, your family. Where are you from? So I was born, uh, in, the address was Foxtail Hill, which is near Gort, um, um, in, you know, near Lakutra in Gort. Yes. And I would have to say that I came from a musical family. Both my parents were very musical, although they didn't play instruments. Both were really good singers and um, and both were excellent set dancers. And I think they actually met through set dancing. Did they? Were they both local to the area? Yeah, my mother was from Kilbakenty and my father was from Beha, which is okay. where I was born. So they, they didn't stray too far in there? No, and he went for a younger model, as he often said himself. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Quite a bit younger than himself. <laughs> Now, was, you said music was important to them. They obviously love set dancing. and They love set dancing and they love singing. And my mother, I can remember very clearly singing where, the you know, the cow's shed or cabin, as we used to call it, was was a stone building. Our house was one of the oldest houses in the whole parish. And the, the farm, you know, sheds were close to the house. And you could hear my mother singing lots of different songs, actually, when we were young. And she'd be singing, you know, Teddy O'Neill or and Dreaming Down the Eelish or and Dreaming Down Down or The Crappy Boy or yes. lot, loads of different songs. She had a really lovely voice. And my father then was kind of more of a performer. So he was <laughs> often called on, you know, at occasions to sing a sort of a comic song or a... Yes. Particularly, um, you know, the sort of old musical songs yes, that yes. people joined in. And oh, yeah. He was a bit of a character, of course, so yes. that suited his... So you grew <laughs> up with, with quite a bit of music in the house then, did you? We did, actually. And, you know, I suppose it was only when we were teenagers. Well, the, the first thing I must say is there was obviously some kind of a, a genetic mutation because the dance music never went from our head to our feet. So none of us... Be- they were dancers. They were dancers, yeah. but we had it in the head, but we could never transfer it past the hips. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you say, in my head, I dance this. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. In fact, so much so that I regularly get um, mistaken for... Um, Mary Sheedy, who lives up in Kilinina, obviously I must look like her. And I regularly at the Willie Clancy school get called and say, meet you for a set now, don't forget Mary. And I'm kind of going... No, we're uh, Mary. Not the wrong, <laughs> not the right Mary, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah, we had, I suppose when we were teenagers, uh, well, we, as I say, we were kind of, there were six of us in the family. And, and where were you in the family? I'm in the, I'm the middle child, mm. wouldn't you know? <laughs> uh, so I had three brothers older and brother and sister younger. And um, my oldest brother from a very young age was, was playing the whistle and he was really accomplished. He was a very good whistle player. He passed away a few years ago and... Um, I suppose we, it wasn't so much that we, well, we did, a number of us got an opportunity to learn instrumental music, but mostly we'd, we'd be singing. And I think 
there were times when all five or six of us would be in some room or part of a room singing different individual songs. And we didn't actually think that was very odd until we had teenage friends around. We didn't do that as a family. No, they kind of said... This is really strange. <laughs> there isn't a room here, but there's someone humming or singing. So, uh, you know, that's, I suppose for us, it seemed like it was the norm, you know. What I mean? well, did you have a wireless? I mean, were you talking radio? Or were you talking record player? Oh, no, what record player. Oh, oh, no, we did not have a record player. We had a gramophone at one time. Yes. Um, so you had and some 78s, did you? Yeah, we had 78s. And then we had a radio. And we were kind of late even coming to the TV. Yeah. But I can remember the momentous occasion when my two brothers, Vincy and Joe, who were just older than me, um, bought a cassette player. Yes. In the early 70s, so maybe about 72 or 3, they were attending, uh, I think it was called Enco at the time, for yes. learning trades, you know. <laughs> and of course, once they got a few bob, they, off they went and bought the cassette. Yes. And <laughs> the first thing they did was have a home concert. And they had my father perform and my mother do a song. And we all had to do some kind of a ditty or do something. And we were absolutely ridiculously excited about it. And then they termed it Keehan Rubbish. <laughs> So you had your own recording long before you became your star favorite. You know. Well, there you go. So you. I wish we still had the key in robot. We can't lay our hands on it anymore. This, this is it. Actually, when Pat Mack from uh, Vlagman was on was on the show here doing soundtrack to my life, we we had this memory of how you stuck your a biro into That's a right. cassette and <laughs> to you know, wind it up. You always had to have a pen or whatever for those. So for you for your first musical choice, tell me about why you've chosen. Blackbird and Mrs. Crotty's Real. Well, first of all, these two uh, tunes are actually hot off the press of yes. my, my brother, Vincey, who lives in San Francisco and plays lots of music and sings and writes lots of songs. But uh, he, like myself or like any of our siblings, would remember my father, Michael Keehan, you know, early in the morning, long before he'd even go out working, because it was a small house you'd hear, you know, yes, probably, and he would be whistling the Blackbird. And, you know, it was a... I remember even at the time thinking it was kind of a fairly complicated sort of hornpipe or whatever. And and he would go into Mrs. Crotty's reel sometimes. He really was taken by Mrs. Crotty's reel because it was a concertina reel. Yes. And his mother, whom I never met, obviously, because she died years and years and years before that, that my paternal grandmother uh, was a concertina player. Yeah. And she actually played with Liz Nocton Divney, who lived beside us, who would be connected with the Nocton's. You know, I don't know if you ever heard of young John Nocton yes, up yes. in Kilclaren and those. But um, so he had a kind of a, he, he had, you know, he was really, he was very musical, really. I don't think he had the patience to learn uh, an instrument, yeah. but he, there wasn't a tune that he couldn't. But if you could whistle to a tune like that, that was, you were musical. I you think. were. You and know. the other thing, of course, is you knew that if he was whistling the blackbird early in the morning before the breakfast, he was in good form. <laughs> so that was a day you could look for things and try if you... <laughs> well, this is from your, your brother Vince's um, new, new album. Hasn't called, yet even been released. That's right. It's called Great Highway. Great Highway. We look forward to hearing that. Yeah. So um, we'll play that now, Mary. Okay. was fabulous that was the blackbird and mrs crotty's reel and that was from vince keehan and that sounds like, like i'm just 
dying to hear all this album. So it's beautiful playing. And just talking off air there to Mary about, uh, I'm asking, was Vince in a band? Explain the story of the Gasmen. Oh, yeah, he's in a band called the Gasmen, which he has been part of, um, or was probably a sort of founder of in the Bay Area in San Francisco for the bones of the last 30 years. So when he was going out with uh, Missy or Patricia, his his now his wife, uh, he was forever in his Irish brogue talking about such a fellow as a gas man and <laughs> such a guy. Oh, he was gas man, you know. And Missy thought, Vince knows so many people who work for the gas company. I just don't. <laughs> <get guess." laughs> so they called the bed the, the gas man. <laughs> now you had a concertina for a while yourself. I had actually, and I think it probably came from my father's. Do you know, my father's mother, whom I never knew, my, my, my paternal grandmother, um, played concertina. She died quite young, actually. And uh, uh, he was forever talking about, you know, different tunes that she played and whatever. And, um, and when I went to Dublin, I was young and the folk scene was hopping, as you know, in Dublin yes, and yeah. Donahue's and Cape You're talking, talking mid-70s, late-70s? Uh, late-70s, yeah. going into the early 80s. Yeah. And uh, I... Um, I got a concertina and I, John Kelly, I was marched down by my uncle uh, who lived in Dublin to John Kelly. Okay, uh, John had his grumpy moments, <laughs> put it that way. <laughs> Yet he was fantastic, like, because he, yeah. then he wheeled me around into the uh, Four Seasons and taught me the first tune, the Keel Road, there and then, that oh, day. Oh, <laughs> wow. Did you play uh, it for long? Did you? I played it until I, uh, about 20 years ago, I developed really bad rheumatoid arthritis in my hands. Yes, And yeah. I just can't yeah. play it at all, at all Isn't now. Isn't it, I suppose it was very much associated with women. I mean, my own grandmother played it. Like, yeah. it was a woman's instrument. I mean, yeah. and with all due respect to Noel Hill and every yeah. great concertina. Actually, <laughs> I learned some tunes from Noel Hill. He was oh, my tutor you? for a short while. Did you? Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah. a lot of women were, uh, uh, the old days, were associated with playing the concertina. Yeah, they? and I think it was kind of a chill-out instrument for them, you know, and while... At the end of the day, when they could work, you know, when they were, they worked until midnight, yeah. many yeah. of them. Uh, and it was small enough and it was kind of affordable enough, I yeah. think. And they, you know, they And of course, in it. West Clare, there was oh, a very huge. famous Mrs. Crotty, yeah. was very famous in oh, her time, Kilrush. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, Mary, tell us a little bit about your school days then. What were they like? So, oh, okay, so uh, my school days were spent in Lakota School and uh, the musical influences there, I would probably have to put down to Antusa Lobrin, Marsha Lobrin, um, who, you know, was a hard test master in many ways, but he had a harmonium and he taught us loads and loads of songs, actually. Yes. You know, he loved... Uh, he absolutely adored Irish, so, of course, we got Irish and songs, you yes, know. Yes. And he had us... Uh, he, we had a we had a kind of a school choir, which is nearly unheard of at that time in yeah. the, you know, seventy. I think I left uh, primary school in seventy one. So you're talking about the late sixties. That's that lovely school at the cross, set back off the road. Isn't yes, it? it's yeah, a yeah. School. Yeah, I know it yeah. is. It's a lovely school. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, well, um, I mean, as I say, he he could be a, a tough taskmaster, but uh, the one thing I'm really grateful to him for was. That he that he taught us lots of songs and you know he used to take us to the church and we even pl- used to sing for weddings. Can you imagine in those days? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there was a tradition, I suppose, in those days of what you know t- 
teaching Irish songs within Scotland yeah. and probably instilled that love because yeah. you were very interested in that afterwards I, in your own teaching. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, totally. And I mean, one of the songs that stands out for me was An Madrin Rua, oh, you yeah. know, and of course it's one of the macaronic songs, like, yes. you know, where you sing it in both languages and it's a really cheeky song. I, yes. I, I love the kind of the boldness of the, the fox challenge you sent to your man. Come on. Yeah. Good morrow, fox. Good morrow, sir. Pray, what is that you're eating? A fine fat goose I stole from you. And will you come and taste it? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I loved it. I loved the fun of it. And, yes. and I actually taught it right up almost till I retired. And the kids used to love it, actually. Yeah. This one group would be saying it and the other one would be answering. And, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So that's actually, you've picked the one which is from that John Spillane kind of, uh, that album, Songs We Learned at School, yes. long ago, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. So we'll play that now, Mary. We're going to play Modern in a row. Okay. Now, that was very enjoyable, Modern Rule by John Spillane and some school children with him and thinking of school days, Mary, and with my guest here, Mary Noonan, we're talking about her school days in Loch Coutre. And then from there, Mary, where did you graduate to from Lockwood uh, School? The Convent of Mercy St. Joseph's in Gort. Okay. Yeah, actually, there was a very strong music tradition in that school, actually. Yes. There was an excellent uh, music teacher, and I took up piano at that stage. Oh, did you? Yes. Yeah. 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 We didn't have a piano at home, and I often got into trouble over uh, playing my imaginary piano <laughs> during class. <laughs> To practice. <laughs> to practice. Yeah. I'd be away in another world trying to figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Did you like school? Did I did like actually. I love school. Second, I actually love secondary yeah, school. Yeah. I loved it all. I loved doing the languages and everything. I just loved it. It was all, all girls at that stage, wasn't yeah, it? it was, yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah, and I loved the bus and the crack and all that. Yes, I loved yeah. all of that. You'd pick up the bus at the cross or whatever, and oh, then God, we seemed to be all day and all night on a bus. But anyway, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was all part of the fun, wasn't it? Was it? Yeah. So you, your next musical choice is actually very different. Tell, tell me why you've picked this next one. Yeah. So the next one. Um, <clears throat> I suppose there was loads and loads of songs I could have picked from our teenage years because, you know, we loved all the, the excitement of the new stuff that was all coming out and, you know, pop and rock and whatever. But um, Gil- Gilbert O'Sullivan was one particular favourite of ours and we, we used to get such a kick out of Get Down, yeah. you know, the song Get Down yeah. by Gilbert O'Sullivan because, well, there was kind of two reasons why I chose this. Uh, um, apart from the fact that it was, you know, very popular at the time yeah. and we loved his kind of jaunty style and playing the piano and, you know, the cool curly head on them yeah. um, but also uh, like we were <laughs> we fancied ourselves a little bit like the Von Trapp family when we were <laughs> before we knew who the Von Trapp family were <laughs> so we had there was a bedroom as I said it was an old house and all the rooms were off the kitchen mm-hmm. so our bedroom was off the kitchen with about five other doors <laughs> and uh, and there was a big wide uh, window uh, for you know between the curtain and the glass yes. shall we say yes windowboard windowboard yeah. yeah and you could easily fit three children in it yeah. like so we were all the time up there you know uh, performing and opening the curtains and <laughs> jumping onto the <laughs> on <bed>. stage <laughs> <laughs> on stage yeah. Joseph would be playing air guitar and Vincey yeah. might actually be singing and we'd you know just having the crack really yeah. but my when it would be getting close to nine o'clock my mother started really anxious because even though my father loved music nine o'clock was sacrosanct the news Everyone, it had to be nearly total silence. Yeah, okay. And the weather, of course, you know, as well, you know, it never changed. Yes. So she'd be shouting, get down, get down. <laughs> <laughs> she'd 
Get down, get down, get jump down. onto the <laughs> So when the song Get Down, Give Down, came out, well, this is the most appropriate pop song yeah. ever. <laughs> I can imagine, I can just imagine that house now at 9 o'clock. And you know, they, she, they nearly ruined our, our, our the possibility of us, oh, you know, you the, ever being in our the... future fame of the Key and Von Tramps. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll play uh, the great Gilbert O'Sullivan, I think. Uh, Girls of a certain generation, of which I won, <laughs> certainly had a poster on the wall next well, to did. the Michael Jackson one yes. and the Gilbert Joe Sullivan. So for those for those lovely David days in the, in the 70s, David Castry, get down. But I still want you Sullivan giving us uh, his song Get Down which has particularly special memories for my guest Mary Noonan and, and you know and when the nine o'clock news or coming approaching the nine o'clock news they certainly have to get down from where they were trying to perform on windowsills and, <laughs> and cop on so that their father could hear the news. So Mary what was it like then like were they strict parents? Could you go out? Like, were, what was so? What was your social life like? Uh, well, we were in your school days. During our school days, we would only be allowed out during holidays yes. or at you know, Christmas time or Easter or whatever. When we used to kind of our next door neighbours were the Keens and Bernie, Trisha and Anne. But Bernie and Anne were our age group, and they were a half a mile actually from us. Believe it or not, even there's a lot of houses in between now. Yeah. And we would walk over and back to each other, planning how we would. Get around, get out. <laughs> get out exactly. They're supposed to get down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, you need to get out. Yeah. So I mean, the getting out was to get to to Gort basically, yes. and there was a bus that used to take us to the classic ballroom Gort, and you'd be you'd you'd always try and get there for the big nights, which would be the Indians or oh, Gina yes. Dale Hayes and the Champions yes, or whoever show, you know during the show bands. But the, the show Indians bands. were huge. Weren't they were they? huge. Yeah, yeah. And actually, do you know something? It was ten pounds. How the hell did we ever get? No, it couldn't be. Maybe it was ten pounds for two of us. Maybe that was it. I remember thinking back years later, that was nuts. God, that sounds very expensive. But anyway, the the classic ballroom uh, Gort made an absolute fortune for its owner because it seemed to me like there were thousands of people in there. The seething mass of humanity were all in there, seeking love and romance. Yeah, they were talking (laughs) pre. Even though the music you you know it was like associated with that kind of glam rock time of the of the seventies, yeah. But it, it's kind of pre disco though. It's still a dance hall. It was the very end. About. Was just at the very we. I I kind of came to the dance hall scene at the very end of it, just before yeah. we'll say the disco started at Sullivan's or whatever. Yeah. And um, so you still there were still live bands every. Oh God, yeah, yeah, yeah. there were yeah. yeah, oh yeah, and I mean, like when you think back on it now, the crowds were phenomenal, yeah. and like the the you know the protocol was the men lined up at one side yeah. and they made an almighty mad dash across yeah. the hall <laughs> yeah. and to you know to grab anyone well yeah. female anyway yeah. anyone female and to try to dance with them and I think I used to retreat right back back up the steps as far back and observe because I I I, <laughs> I, I don't know whether I was freaked out by it because I was young yeah. at the time or you know as Vince said in his song about the classic Fitting in for me was hard to do. It kind of wasn't missing. As I told you before, the dancing never came easy to us. So that jiving business, I never got it. I tried yeah. hard. Yeah. But 
But it was fairly brutal too. Oh, and of course, tough. Were, were you brought up with with the rule that you were you really couldn't refuse? Refuse. Oh, I mean, God, you yeah. could, certainly couldn't refuse a neighbour or especially they were nine to ninety. And that was. <laughs> And like, how old they were. And we were we were like you know fifteen or sixteen, and we had a few uh, bachelor neighbors well yeah, into yeah. the early fifties. Yeah, and you know, oh my God, I'm But anyway, we won't go there. I remember dancing with somebody, Mary, who once who said to me, uh, over in Scarf one night, who said to me, his, his his selling point was he said, "I'm after getting the water in." That's what he said to me. I was, you know. I was 15. I wasn't interested in anybody getting the water. I was telling you a story about that. The, the Marshall School I was telling about earlier was, was doing a, a what this has nothing to do with music. Was do, <laughs> I tried to do a water scheme, you know, and he was coming to my father and my grandfather was alive that time. And he was trying, you know, and he was a small man. And when he was gone, my grandfather said to my father, what was that little man here for anyway? And he said, oh, he's talking about getting the water in. And he said, what? Getting the water in. And we all our life trying to keep it out. <laughs> Well, now you have two stories to get the water. Well, we're going to play uh, in memory of those messy ballroom days and no safety, no health and safety and no uh, political correctness or no. gender issues or anything. It's all wrong. Ballroom Blitz by Sweet. Sweet, and we're I'm here with Mary Noonan, the soundtrack to your life, and we we we've been having a great old time talking about those messy days in the ballroom of romance, well not always romance, <laughs> classic, <laughs> a, a classic ballroom in in Gorge. <laughs> now, Mary, when you left school, did you do you did you leave and then did you leave school then and yeah when I when I left uh, school, did you leave Gort then I meant I left Gort and for one year went to UCG. Okay. okay, to college, and then and what that, did I was you do seventeen. There for a year? Uh, I did art. Yeah. I did Irish and English and German and um, geography. Yeah. Um, and then I, I got called to the civil service, and uh, going into just before the end of first year. I mean, I came back and did my exams, and I was so delighted because I just wanted to have a few bob. Yeah go and explore Dublin, just go and live and, yes. you know, be sort of independent. So I was yeah. at a year down in college uh, before I was 18 and I was in, I went to Dublin when I was 18. And what area of the civil service was it that you... I was in transport and tourism. Yes. Um, and, that's, and then I ended up in Dublin Castle in um, Revenue. I kind of think it like lilac boss. Was it like? Was it like that then? <laughs> well, yeah. all I can tell you about it's like a, from, from a Maeve Binchy story. Yeah, well, it is a bit. I, I, the one thing I learned how to do in the civil service was knit. I learned oh. how to knit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't do much more, but I learned how to knit. Yeah, yeah and learned a few more tricks. But uh, mm. anyway, by the time I was twenty, I said, "Okay, I have enough of this now." Okay, yeah, yeah, so yeah. On. And um, where were you living at that time? I was living near St Pat's, actually, in Drumcondra, yeah, and yeah. I. You know, in I don't a know. flat or in digs? Or? No, well, actually, initially I was with my, my aunt who mm. lived up there and she was widowed, you know. And But I would take off every weekend, either come down to Clare or I would go. Yeah, Actually, I had met my now husband very young. I was yes. only 19 when I met him. Mm. and um, Or I would, you know, go to my friends out in Randall or whatever. And we, there was a great old scene in Dublin that time. Of course, the whole folk music scene was really hopping as well. You know, you had... 
do you know, you had clannets and Dedanon and yeah. horse lips and you had, um, you know, Donal Lunny and the whole... I used to regularly go to the, the stadium and to different Which, concerts, actually. Oh, Donahue's probably... Oh, Donahue's in Lisa Street, yeah, my God, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, was a great, there was a great scene, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And did you, from there, go to... The, so you did primary, primary teaching then? Yeah, I did. I went to Carisford then and I did primary teaching, did the three-year, you know... What was, the, what was Carisford like? Was actually three years then at that time? Well, initially, I, I used to find myself almost laughing out loud, you know, because it was so different from being in UCG. Like. Yeah, yeah, because you'd had that year. That, yeah. Yeah, and but at the same time, there was, you know, it, there was great freedom in it, really. Was you know, it? when I when I well, I didn't stay in like because I was mature, yeah. believe it or not, at twenty, yeah. I was mature, and um, I, you know, so therefore you were staying in the house with friends and doing other yeah. stuff like. And was there still nuns involved in it? There was only stage? a couple by the time I came. Yeah. Um, Sister Durkin, of course, who was who was a very forward-thinking nun. She was still the head of it. Yeah. There was only a few left. Mug and Gug were there. Yeah. Was real names I can't remember. Uh, was, was it only was it only females that trained there? Oh no no time? no! There was loads of lads. Oh no! Oh yeah yeah. Did it, I, st- it started off as an all-female college? Oh, did you? Yeah. 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 And in fact, um, no, a number of the guys the year before us went into like Seamus Morn became an actor and Macinini. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah you know yeah. the different ones of them. Uh, a lot of them, uh, Sean Rocks, the yeah. year before, they would was always yeah, be, in, yeah. those boys would always be in the queue and they would always get the best meals first. Oh, yeah. So they... <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. I get that. So the fairness was still not yeah. a thing. The, yeah, the yeah. music that you've, that you've chosen probably to represent that time is, is, is from Joan Baez. Yeah. And yeah, tell yeah. us about why you chose this. Yeah, I suppose, you know, so now you were going to write the wrongs of the world and you were listening to Dylan and you were, you know, you were listening to the whole sort of lefty stuff, I yeah. guess, you know. Yeah. And... Um, I think once I started hearing John Baez even singing Dylan's songs, I just thought she had the most magnificent voice. Yes, she did. The soul in her voice, I think. Yeah. I th- and uh, that always stayed with me even when yeah. I tried to sing myself. There was such a fantastic soul in her voice. Yeah. And, um, you most know. unique voice. Magnificent voice. And I got to see her twice live. Yeah, I, I saw her. Uh, but she was a great activist as well. I mean, still oh, she was an amazing activist, you know. yeah. She was completely unapologetic about yeah. things like him. Uh, no, I know. I really, and even, funnily enough, you know, my daughter later, you know, really loved her singing as well. And, Did she? Yeah, yeah and we yeah. used to sing a couple of the songs together. But like, she was, uh, yeah, so the, I suppose the most iconic one that we can think of is the night they drove all Dixie yeah, down. The old Civil War. The Civil War yeah, one, yeah, Civil exactly. War, so yeah, 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 yeah. Look forward to hearing that now. Do quick come see, there goes the Robert E. Lee. I don't mind, I'm chopping wood, and I don't care. Just take what you need and leave the rest But they should never have taken the very best And that is the great Joan Baez singing The Night They Drove Old Dixie Down and I kind of think that should be almost on everybody's playlist. I, do. I think so too. <laughs> you know, I think you're right, Karen. It's such, it, it's such a classic and kind of is very representative of those times. The times were changing. And, the times were changing. You know, and there was a whole, I suppose there was a lot of dialogue at that time around 
social justice that was quite new to and us. Energy. There and energy. There was great yes. energy behind it. Yeah, and yet it's in complete, con- it's, it's obviously in complete contrast to the kind of earlier glam rock and the pop that, you know, yeah, didn't have yeah. a whole lot of no, meaning dipped, in it. Of course, that's like a traditional ballad, you know. Yeah, yeah. Mary, I know you to be uh, a Francophile that France and your love of French and France is is very important to you. Where did that kind of stem from? Because that's going to yeah, bring us to our next piece. I suppose, uh, well, <laughs> um, as you say, I have always had a great love of uh, of the French culture and, uh, you know, history even and lots of different stuff related to France. And... Um, uh, so I suppose when the kids were younger, particularly the two younger ones, we went to France a good few times, you know, and we would usually go to sort of, we wouldn't go to campsites or anything. We kind of just pick some random place and get a sense of what that place was like, you know, or whatever. Like just a load, it wouldn't necessarily be a big tourist area. No, and sometimes it was a farm and my yeah. husband said we had a busman's holiday. We'd get from an <laughs> Irish farm to a French farm. <laughs> You didn't do a swap with the French. Yeah, no. You didn't come over to you. Before those days, before we we knew about the swapping. But I suppose, um, and funnily enough, you know, for years and years, I had wanted to go back to study French because I had a kind of a bee in my bonnet over my my leaving cert, or rather when I was in Fortune. And I was really quiet, actually, when I was, believe that now or not, Jim, I was actually very (laughs) quiet one day. And... (laughs) And when we were in fourth year, you know, at that time was fourth year and fifth year, you yeah, know, the yeah, two years. Sure. And my um, our our French teacher, who actually was a really good teacher, and I was one of the few who had gotten an A in the junior search or whatever, like, you know, not that it was any big deal. But she turfed about five or six of us who used to be on the Tubber bus. We, we travelled on the Tubber bus. She just got a set, as they would say, and a few of us and turfed us all <laughs> out of the honours class. <laughs> There was a few people on the tubber bus that were entitled to be turfed off, but we weren't yes, really, but we all yeah. got lumped in together. Yeah. So, of course, you wouldn't go home and tell them at home. That, no. not be, that would not no, be politically correct. No, but it was probably correct. disappointing for you when you've done so well in your interstate. Oh, I was fierce disappointed. Know, yeah. But you wouldn't go and... You I don't know. We never followed up with those days. And, uh, but anyway, I, I, I absolutely refused to do one stroke even for... Pass French for the Leaving Cert. So I managed to pass it on whatever I did in my junior cert. But anyway, many, 38 years later, I I went about writing the wrong. No! (laughs) (laughs) 38 years later, uh, in UIG, we're we're holding um, a part time diploma in French, um, a two year course. And we had an absolutely amazing teacher, Orna Rogers, who's based here in. her family are based here in Scarish, yeah. she's married to one of the Scarif lads. She was a phenomenal teacher. And I absolutely, thoroughly enjoyed every hour of those two years. What kind of a commitment was that? Um, well, it was quite a commitment. You know, there was three hours a week and then you'd have a number of assignments to yeah. do. And we had to kind of, you Go know... Go in the evening or was it the weekend? Oh, yeah, in the evenings. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah in the evenings. Did we have it two evenings a week the second year? Yeah, I'm trying to remember yeah. now. And um, and then we did a, lot, we did a good few assignments and stuff to do, and you know, so which ended up with me sort of doing study on uh, people like uh, you know S- Antoine Saint Exupéry, you know, yes. who wrote Le Petit Prince, Prince and the different yeah. things like, and uh, yeah, I I just really loved it, and and even before that, actually, funnily enough, now in 2013 or 2012, I can't remember, uh, Mrs. Collar and myself, you know, who was my Adrian was a very close colleague of mine in yes. the two teacher school. The two of us were really keen on French and we had started to do lots of little things in French in school with them in the primary school oh yeah, yeah. all the greetings would be done in French as well as in Irish every morning okay. <laughs> and then we would Try even do 
<laughs> I don't know, many of them carried it on, but we even would do the Hail Mary, Je vous salue, yeah, Mary yeah. Plante Grasse, yeah. and, yeah. and, uh, and then we applied to do this course, uh, which was an immersion course for a week in uh, the Périgord in France. And normally two people from Ireland and two from Scotland and maybe three or four from England and whatever. So there'd be about 14 or 15 on this course and everything would be paid for through something like the Erasmus program. I can't yeah, remember. Yeah. Anyway, we, we applied for it in January and I said to Adrian, I said, if you get it now, you go and you tell me absolutely everything and vice versa. And we were coming out from actually my mother who had passed away in March and on the most beautiful day we were coming out of the, the graveyard in Chenaglish and she said, I think your mother has just performed her first miracle. The two of us from the one school have been chosen to go on oh, the program. Fantastic. So for the next two years, and we were part of an initiative in primary schools, you know, bringing uh, European languages to primary schools. And we did a lot of French and songs through French and rhymes and yeah. nursery rhymes. And, and that was, you know, and we, we went, the, when we went that time, uh, my, in 2013, 13, my my daughter Emer and her daughter went with us and they were already keen on French and both of them were musicians and yeah we had a fantastic time and the, kind four, of the four of you went the four of us went and we wow. stayed together yeah we okay. had a great time so so you've chosen um, Edith Piaf Edith Piaf uh, La Vie en Rose yeah Life Through the Rose Tinted Glasses yeah yeah <laughs> sound of Edith Piaf singing La Vie en Rose and I'm here with my guest uh, Mary Noonan we're talking about your affection for France and uh, and, and your love of the language and you're very proficient in it and did, did your children get were they interested in that as well? Yeah I suppose um, Declan came to Scarif and studied German and the other two Michael studied Spanish and Cahal reluctantly studied French, but Emer adored French. She absolutely loved it. Uh, I suppose she was like me in that sense. She loved languages. And when she actually, we always thought that she would study music because she was really, she was an excellent, you know, she was very accomplished for her age and everything in music. And she had been chosen to, or she had gotten a place in the School of Music. But a few days before the change of mind, she decided, no, I said, I'm going to play lots of music when I'm in college. I'm going to join lots of societies. I'm going to be part of everything, but I'm going to do. French and Irish and she did French Irish and German again in first year and she really absolutely immersed herself in the whole French experience she went to an ex even like when she was young she she had gone she'd done a couple of exchanges and then she went doing au pair a few times and sure I mean I would be asking her had she met any petit mignon or had she <laughs> 
you know, I'm Bopitiemi <laughs> Francaise, and she said, ma'am, you just want me <laughs> to meet someone so you can have French grandchildren and speak French to them. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so she, you know, she, that was her thing, and uh, she did her three-year uh, BA degree in Cork. Uh, she played an almighty lot of music, both orchestral and tread. Um, and was very involved, of course, in the whole orchestral scene and, um, you know, while she was in college. And she kind of made up her mind that she'd go to France uh, after she finished uh, college in 2017. And um, as I say, the whole, you know, the music was hugely part of her life as well. Well, all of them actually are musical, in fairness. The three lads are all musical as well now and love music. And, mm-hmm. um, and she... You know, she had this idea of bringing orchestral music, you know, to loads of people. And she thought, you know, everybody listens well, it's to the people. That it's not something elitist. It's, that's right. You no. Know. And she kept saying, sure, everybody knows film scores. Yes, and they know these yes. are from very Make iconic accessible. films. And yeah. she got very involved in doing this thing called Orchestral Picnic, yes. which was kind of, you know, a nod to Electric Picnic, but with orchestral stuff oh, but going on. was it on. a festival? What, what, oh, no, it, no, it was a, a, a night of performance of, of lots of different um, orchestral pieces, and yes. uh, mostly from the from the big numbers, from the from the well-known movies, like. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's actually... Oh, was that with the UCC orchestra? orchestra. Yeah, 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 she was usually, and she was kind of, she was the leader of it in her final year. Yeah, and I mean, she was all the time planning things. She would be ringing me up and telling me, like, you know, I think we're going to do this Led Zeppelin number, and we're going to do this with it, or, yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. And I'd say, Andy, Mary, you know, there's a degree there you might... Think yes. about it now, and it'll be all fine. It'll be grand. She'll yeah. be back again talking about the music. She was happy then with her choice, of course, that she'd picked she was, with yeah. the language, with, with French and Irish. Yeah, yeah. Know. She was very happy because it hadn't, you know, music hadn't become a chore. It had, yeah. was still part of her joy, like. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I think UCC probably fosters that type of that. Oh, big time! You know. The musical yeah. aspect and and of really good arts. Actually, there's, there's a huge. Um, there's a huge, how would you say, tradition of music in Cork yes. in any, and in UCC particularly. Yeah. Like, There's a fantastic tradition Wait, right throughout the city, really. Where did she live when she lived in Cork? Whereabouts? Oh, she was, the first place. year she was up on the hill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She was quite close to the college. Mm-hmm. She uh, liked her, her time in Cork. Yeah, she was fairly near that pub, the High B. You remember yeah, the High B? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh no, she absolutely adored it. Was she home on weekends it. or busy down Depending, there? I'm sure what was interesting and going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. she didn't. Co- yeah, like when she would come, then she'd bring a gang with her, and she'd want them. She she absolutely loved Loch Rennie, and she loved nature, and she loved the whole place, yeah. and she'd she'd say she'd really love to show people how beautiful it was here. So and then they'd head off, of course, off down to Father Ted's house. <laughs> she was a big <laughs> Father Ted fan. <laughs> And actually, the last one of the funniest uh, memories I have is uh, of you'd with go, her. You'd go through Tubber then, would you, to get to that? Oh, you would, yeah. It's yeah, not yeah, really that far, like, as a crow actually, flies. No, I can imagine. From no, there, and actually, yeah. we, know, we know Patrick McCormick very well. He yeah, lives yeah, in Father yeah, Tinsel's. Yeah. But, uh, you know, the last flag, uh, All-Ireland flag that was in Ennis, she, she, she videoed, um, you know, the caravan <laughs> moving <laughs> over <laughs> and back. I did a voiceover of <laughs> Father Tinsel's. It was hilarious, oh, actually. And the next thing, you could hear the peals of laughter. I mean, the was one thing about Emer, you'd hear her bursting out laughing before you'd actually see her, you know. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So she went to France. Uh, at, yeah, in uh, September in, at 17. After and that was, that was to work in a school. Yes, she'd gotten, um, she'd gotten a, an appointment as an enseignant étranger, which is a teaching 
abroad. Teaching abroad. Yeah. And, like uh, assistant and, you know. It. Yeah. So she would really be helping with the, the English studies in the school, but she would be doing culture, Irish cultural stuff. In, in primary or secondary? In primary. In primary school. Yeah, in right? primary school. Yeah, and she yeah. absolutely loved it. Yeah. Oh, my God, she loved it. She was what, in. What region was she in? She was in the Rhone Alps. Yeah. She yeah. was in a town called Enone, which is about an hour south of Lyon. Yeah. And I mean, she just she just thought the kids were so adorable, and she she was really good at because she had spent so long in the Gaeltacht as a as a kinner and an art kinner. She was she really was good with young people. She was great with them, yeah, and she'd have yeah. songs, and she'd have them doing yeah. all kinds of getchy at them. Yeah, yeah. No, she 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 thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, she was doing what she loved in a place that she loved when, when you know when she died. Like she was only twenty one. That was the only you know. Mary, yeah, yeah. The, the 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 next two pieces, which are the last two pieces of your choices here, yeah. are very much with Emer in mind. And, yes. Yeah. Um, John, do you want to talk about Emer's home pipe? The I John, will, yeah. John's piece. I suppose um, you know when she died that time in the Rhone Alps. Um, uh, I, and we were trying to find solace in somewhere or another, Flan and I. And the boys, I suppose, you know, got more and more involved in sport and stuff. But for us. We walked a lot with the dog and walked and walked and tried. We spent three years walking through our grief, really. Mm. And uh, both my brothers, both John, who lives here in Scarif, and, you know, you, you, you're you fairly familiar with we his Yormas of Scarif we CD, which I think is really lovely, which, is his, which he recorded um, during the lockdown. And in it, he has the hornpipe that he composed, actually, for Yormas, called Yormas Hornpipe, which is a beautiful piece. And... Uh, and then my other brother, Vincent, in San Francisco, wrote a song because, he, you know, he was very conscious that we were walking in the woods over Loch Rainey and going to the Burn. And actually, one of the very last places I, I had been with him was at Eagles Rock, you know, in Schlieve Cairn. And uh, we were down at St. Coleman's Hermitage. And there, um, there we, you know. Where is that? It's not far from the perfumery. It's oh, absolutely yes, yes, beautiful. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were sitting down there looking, you know, where the little the stream runs by and we thought it was a must perfectly beautiful place and a perfect day for a mother and daughter to spend together like yes absolutely we just play Emer's home pipe now yeah there's actually uh, two on it so you can yes. stop it after the first one yeah, yeah. Composed by Emer's uncle John Keehan from his lovely album The Humours of Scarif, and it's a really special tune. Now, you you've become very involved with. Maybe t- talk to me about the legacy, really, that Emer's yeah. left behind, yeah. and what you, your family have become involved in in yeah. your memory. Um, you, you, before she ever went to Cork, she was part of. Uh, cool Music's orchestra and she actually led the orchestra at the National Association of Orchestras in in uh, Dublin um, and uh, so <coughs> Katharina Baker who was, a, who was the director of the school and was also our teacher uh, together with a lady called Fiona Buckley came up with the idea of having Carpe Diem and they had, Katharina composed this amazing orchestral piece for the, the orchestra 
and that they would perform it on her first anniversary, which they did at a concert. And after the concert and the proceeds, they said to me, what would you like to do with it? And we said, why don't we form a bursary? Yes. Something in her memory, you know, yeah. something to support young people, particularly in their first year, at third level, we thought. Um, so for the last going on five years now, uh, we've had the concert one year online and the others were all in person. I think you were at last year's one. Just absolutely. This year's one. This year's one. Yeah. This year's. Yeah. 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 Unbelievable. Yeah. It's just a fabulous, fabulous night of music. Yeah. And I was just saying, saying to you off air, the vibe there itself. Yeah. You know, yeah. And very it special. Was something very, very special. And and of course, some of the um, recipients of the bursary were present know, and playing. Present and playing. Yeah. And that was such a, a joy to see. You. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, helping students at, at that point, because I imagine learning music is quite expensive, you know, or, yeah. or whether it's instruments or whether it's transport or yeah, tuition yeah. or whatever it is. So yeah, helping yeah. out with the bursary. And how many people have you helped? So t- today, 21 third level students have received the bursary yeah. and a number all of the secondary schools in the area have received it. And then a number of the cultist groups, etc. Um, and every year we also make a donation to UCC Orchestra. That's right. Yeah. yeah. As well, of course, as cool music, they they get they get quite a piece as well yes. because a lot of volunteers there. Yeah. yeah. So like it's been for us, it's been a very positive. You've been very involved in the organisation. Yeah, the very involved. I mean, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a big undertaking. Oh God, it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's taking you know. Um, yeah, we've got four or five hundred people at it, like you know. So yeah. I think we're going to have one more. At least we're going to. We're hopefully going to do that. And uh, so, um, the last piece that we're going to play, you, you did mention it just there briefly. It's called the Lovely Woodlands of of Clare. Yeah. And tell me about this. So that's a song, Vincey, my brother's in San Francisco, uh, as I say, it's from his new city. And uh, he he wrote it in memory of Emer, because, of course, she had played, she regularly played with her brother, with her uncles, my brothers, um, and sang as well. And there would always be great get-togethers when he would come home. The nights in English would be fantastic. And uh, he, he was also acutely aware that we were using both her love of nature and our attempts to try and come through the grief process by walking in nature for every, I mean, every day for maybe four or five miles, I think we did at the time. Did you do the same walk? No, we did didn't. We'd places? had them around Loch Rainey and different, several yeah. beautiful walks around yeah. there. And we'd go to the bourne. I went to the bourne many, many, many times on my own. And I would often go to the Loch Vella walk with the dog and I'd yeah. spend ages. And I could sit on the side of the hill and cry for a long time. And but like, you know, I, I suppose the whole thing of connecting with nature connected us with her because that was actually what she was doing. She had... Only a couple of days before she died, she said to me, oh, ma'am, if you could only see the colours of the trees here, they are so beautiful. She said, yes. I can't. She said, I can't even describe to you how beautiful it is when I'm running in it. Yes. You know, and of course, yeah. we all know that nature, as, as well as being beautiful, can also catch you. Be cruel. Yeah, yeah. can be cruel. And um, it's, a, it's a lovely song written by my brother who's written lots of songs, yeah. you know. Yeah, That's I think it captures that. Oh, I'm looking, yeah. for, I'm looking forward to that. Mary, just before we finish, I just want to thank you for, for, for sharing your memories with me and your, your fabulous playlist. And we're recording this in uh, August 2022, for the record. And you've had happy family news in the last <laughs> few days. So <laughs> you might want to say that. We have. We have. George uh, Rogers was teasing me the other night. He maintained <laughs> all the... <laughs> 
<laughs> kind of tributes had been sold. <laughs> There's a picture, I think, of, of Declan, our eldest lad, and Emma, uh, who just got recently got engaged, Emma oh, Kiner and Declan, that's, and that's the very lovely. best to look to them. We're delighted for them. It's happy think, news. And thinking of, you, uh, thinking of you all as we play The Lovely Woodlands of Clare by Vince Keehan. Thank you, Mary. Thank you very much, uh, Carol. At dawn you'll find me there My mind is no tease In the lovely woodland 